We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of The Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Remember, I don't know, you told me, maybe so, that you wanted, I don't know, to surrender, oh, 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 oh. A very interesting order last week by a judge that says St. Louis City has to refund earnings tax to six people from the time that they were not working in the city of St. Louis during the pandemic, and that could have broader implications. David Stokes, who is with the Show Me Institute, is going to give us a briefing on that in just a little bit. Also, uh, Frank Cusimano later this hour. We got snow on the way, though. Let's find out Woo! how much. Dave Murray is with us to kind of give us a little preview. This is going to move in tomorrow night into Wednesday. Dave, how are you? Happy Monday. I'm doing fine. Happy Monday. Everybody going crazy, right? Oh, <laughs> of course. Snow, snow, snow. That's pretty much it. I say that yep, too. I've snow, already, snow, snow. I've already canceled all the schools. By the way, unofficially, I just <laughs> okay. said, I might as well do okay. it because you're going to do it anyway. So might as well just say they're closed. <laughs> Dave, okay, when does this thing hit? Is it? It's tomorrow night, right? Yeah, it's yeah. There's no problem tonight. All is dry. There's no problem during the day tomorrow. All is fine. In fact, we're getting up to 45 degrees tomorrow, so it's going to take a while to get down to the freezing point. And really, what, all we need to do is probably get to about 35, 36 before we start to see a kickover. But we're going to see a mix of rain and snow start up about 9 o'clock tomorrow evening. Should be all snow after midnight. Once we get the moisture in here, there'll be a temperature drop, and that's going to help get it kicked over. The heavy snow probably after 3 o'clock in the morning. This would be Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. But we're only going down to 32 degrees, so real borderline temperatures. It's going to be a very wet snow. Snow comes to an end by about midday on Wednesday. Very windy, but I'm not anticipating a lot of blowing snow because it's going to be our classic St. Louis wet snow, four to six inches across the St. Louis area. The further south you go, let's think a line from Farmington to Salem, the amounts are going to be a little heavier because it is a southern storm, seven to nine inches. Go north, let's say on a line from Troy to Litchfield in Illinois, three to four inches. But across much of the St. Louis area, four to six inches of snow. Again, the heaviest is going to be 3 a.m. Tuesday night to about 9 a.m. Wednesday morning. So the Wednesday morning rush is not going to be a pretty thing. But the good deal is the road crew is going to be able to hit this hard because of the borderline temperatures. Yeah, that's great. 
Yeah, yeah the, only, the, the bad thing about the wet snow is it's harder to shovel, right? Yes, yes. It, it's, it's good for the road crews because they can move it with ease. But when it comes to the homeowner or, you know, working around apartments, things like that, where you have to shovel, those shovelfuls are going to weigh 50, 60 pounds. Ugh. So it, uh, I've, I've always had, had a feeling that if I've got a heavy wet snow coming, now this one's a little weird because it's happening so late at night. But I like to get out once we have like an inch on the ground and get that out of the way. I like to stay on top of it. But I'm a weirdo when it comes to that. I love shoveling snow. So <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind doing my driveway four or five times. You know what I love I love paying the kid across the street from me <laughs> to do my to do Fred, my driveway. Do you love to shovel snow? <laughs> I don't love it, but I do I, it. All yeah. right. Just yeah. check it. Oh, I'll probably do it this week, but I'm not a big fan of it either. But I, I'm like Dave, though. I like to stay on top of it because then otherwise— It's the only way. Well, because then yeah. once you drive over it, too. If you uh, drive over it, oh, then, yeah. it, you know, everything becomes icy, and then you got to get the— uh, Oh, no. There's a, there's a rule in our house. Nobody drives on the driveway until I get the snow off of it. That's a great rule. <laughs> that is a great rule. I love it. I like it. All right, Dave, maybe we'll get an update tomorrow. I appreciate it. Sounds good. All right. We'll Thanks, see. Dave. We're going to get a little snow this week. We've been That's complaining. Exciting. Some of us have been saying, hey, are we going to get any snow? We're not going to get any snow this whole winter. Well, now we're going to get some snow. Which, we have to deal with it. It's winter. It's January. Oh, that's true. Is If it snows, that's great. We have it. It's exciting. And then if it could melt within the two-day period, I would be really happy. Well, it that's sounds what like I it will, like. but here's the, here's the problem with that wet net. I mean, it's just going to be yeah. all sloppy yeah. and gross. and <laughs> yeah. But yeah. good snowball weather is what I heard. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. <laughs> and now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. On this day in history, 66 years ago, uh, in 1957, the toy company Whammo produced the very first Frisbee. They sold over 100 million Frisbees by 1977. Now, my father passed away in 1995, but I have, if I think of the word Frisbee, I can see him in action with a Frisbee. You know, he had that wrist thing that makes it go fly better. (laughs) Oh, I could never get it. But we have one of the first commercials uh, of the Frisbee. Mark has it over there. Want fun? Get Frisbee. It flies through the air with the greatest of ease. Want fun? Get Frisbee. It's the newest, fastest, most flying fun under the sun. Frisbee is actually a soft, round airfoil with gyro action. It flies straight as an arrow or bounces off a walk. You can even run for a pass. Okay, I think I've heard enough of it. You can even, so are you telling me, if I'm hearing this correctly, that we did not have Frisbees in this country until when? 19... 1957. Yeah, that, that surprises me. It's I would have incredible. thought that we would have come up with that a little earlier. Oh, it's, it's still going on. I'm like, you can make it it's a flying saucer. Like a <laughs> Doesn't it sound like uh, Leave It to right Beaver would come like on after this commercial? You can even curve it around trees. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Wow. If you I, want wow. fun, get Frisbee today. <laughs> and remember, if it doesn't say whammo, it isn't a Frisbee. That's right, One dollar wherever toys are sold. Oh, man, one dollar. One yeah, lose it on your roof. Oh. That's one thing. <laughs> no kidding. Frisbee in 1957. And 48 years ago today, I bring this up because I feel like when we had three channels, 
back in the day, Barney Miller was always on. And it came on in 1975. On this day in history, Barney Miller debuted on ABC. And I was really too young for it, but whatever was on the other two channels, when they had it in reruns, I'd try to watch Barney Miller, and I was too young, and I thought, I don't really get Wait, it. You were too young for it? Yeah. yeah. I remember watching it, though, when I was Right, and you tried, because it wasn't... It, I, there was really no action. It was all of them in the police. Did you watch it, Oh, Fred? yeah, yeah. I loved it. Uh, they had Hal, Hal Linden and Max Gale, Ron Glass. Steve Landisberg. Uh, let's not forget <laughs> Abe Vigoda, the Abe incredibly sexy awesome. Abe Vigoda. Fish. That's right. And it lasted for eight seasons. And then there was a spinoff. Fish was the spinoff, right? right? right. Oh, how did, did that last for any length of time? No, Fish? probably not. I can't imagine. And on this, uh, now this is a sad story, but I did not. I had no idea this happened. 45 years ago today, that's in 1978. <laughs> By the way, it lasted one year, I think. It did it It might all. have been two seasons. I have but... a soft spot for Abe Vigoda. <laughs> I know, but no, it didn't last very long. Oh, it must have been two seasons, 35 episodes. Okay, so. well, that's two. All right, we'll take that. Uh, Terry Kath, who was the founding one of the founding members and a lead singer and guitarist for the band Chicago, uh, was intoxicated at a party, tried to prove his automatic pistol wasn't loaded, pointed it at his head, and pulled the trigger. Wait, when was this? This is in 1978. Oh, okay. I don't remember this story at all. I don't remember all. that either. Well, it was loaded, and he killed himself. And he, his widow, Camelia Kath, later married Kiefer Sutherland. Randomly, a little nugget for right? you. And they had and had a daughter, and she's now with ELO's Jeff Lynne. Just interesting. She likes the rock stars, yes, doesn't she? She has a type, but I had no idea about that story. He was only thirty-one. Uh, mm-hmm. A real shame. And the uh, "I Am Alive Again" song by Chicago was their comeback song because they thought about disbanding when he was gone, and then they pulled it together. But just a kind of an awful story. Happy Monday! Uh, <laughs> it's National Pie Day. Woo-hoo. What is your favorite pie, Abby? Oh, pecan pie. I love pecan pies. <laughs> I think they're gooey. They don't do it for me. Mark Reardon. Not a pecan guy, although I've had good pecan pies, so maybe a good pecan pie, but I'm apple, traditional apple. Apple, there's nothing wrong with that. Fred? Oh, apple pie. Definitely. Really? Oh, yeah. Is there some, what's what's a French silk pie? Oh, oh, that's, that's chocolate. Good too, like though. chocolate. That's chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. I love that it's pretty one. good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think like I'm a, apple, though. Oh, I like a blueberry. Oh, I love a blueberry Oof. pie. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I'm going to just kind of go on the record here saying there's not a whole lot of pies that I probably would reject. Good point. Like, I even like, when, when I was a kid, and I, have, I had one of these recently because at that place that I refer to every once in a while, the Corner Butcher in Fenton, they'll have these pies that I don't think they make there. A rhubarb pie. Oh, I love a rhubarb pie. Yeah. I have a, a, a rhubarb custard pie that my mother made. It is killer. Oh, All my relatives, like when I was a kid in Chicago, everybody grew rhubarb in yes. the backyard. Yeah, what is rhubarb? Well, it's just, it's almost know. like a cel. It, 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 yeah, it, it looks, looks like celery. But it's uh, red and a little bit of green in there, but it does look like celery without that much it's a, ribbing. It's a bit tart, right? Yeah, Would you got to put that? a lot of sugar on yeah. it. You've not had a rhubarb pie, Fred? Uh, You've I've been afraid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for heaven's sakes. All right, I'm They're making a pie. You should not be afraid of rhubarb pie. Tell me what it is, and I'll eat it. I can't, Mark, if you can, if you see some, Grab it for me. Yeah, it's not in season. But I'll do it in the spring. I'm happy to do that. Uh, It was not the weekend to be visiting Machu Picchu in Lima, Peru. Now, this is one of the seven wonders of the world. 
and it's a hugely popular tourist site. But the government shut it down on Saturday because of protests in the country. And there were 417 tourists uh, at the site at the time, including 300 foreigners who were unable to get out, according to the Associated Press. I don't know what that means. I assume they eventually got out. Is Machu Picchu something you want to see, Fred? Oh, I would go. Yeah. I think that's so cool. What about you, Mark? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm all for. Oh, it looks really worldwide. cool. Yeah, Abby, I assume that, that's you not. Were. I mean, yep. if, if we're being honest, it's not something that's at the top that's, of my mm. list to go see and travel. But you know, I didn't think so either. And then a friend of mine on Facebook went, and she had the most incredible pictures. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I bump that up on it. Uh, the main cast members from Stranger Things got big raises ahead of the fifth and final season. And there's a story out about it. But, okay, not everybody was treated equally. They have four separate pay tiers. And I kind of found this interesting. The first tier is the adult actors, Winona Ryder, David Harbour. They are banking. How much do you think for a Netflix series? And, and by the way, this thing is not coming out till 2024. Mark, how much are those? I don't know. What would they make uh, an episode? A million an episode or something like that? For Just for the entire season, $9.5 million each okay. for David Harbour. Well, less than a million And an for Winona. Eh, not bad. And uh, let's see. So the Caleb McLaughlin, Noah Schnapp, the Finn Wolfhard, the Sadie, that that whole deal, they're making $7 million. Tier three is the older te- teen actors, you know, Maya Hawk. I love her. I thought she did great in that. Me too. Charlie Heaton, Joe Keery, over $6 million each. And then Millie Bobby Brown is kind of her own category. She has that whole, she has a deal with Netflix about Enola Holmes. Have you watched that? I really like that. She's the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes. I've heard it, but I I've think yet you to would like it. it. I think I bet you would, it would like it. And uh, she gets a whole other project out of it as well. Now, here's one, of course, we can all relate to. I wonder, I'd be very curious to see, I don't guess no, that they ahead. indicated that in there, what, what the compensation was compared to the first couple of seasons, mm, right? They did not say. Because they the just kids say, in particular probably didn't make very much at all. I can't imagine they yeah, did. Right. By the way, they say it's not coming out till 2024, and they just refer to it as big raises, but they don't say what it was. <laughs> A three-year-old in the U.K. has just become one of the youngest people ever accepted to Mensa. <sighs> he taught himself to I, read. I welcome him to the club. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Congratulations, my friend, from a fellow member. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that made me laugh so hard. I got tears in my eyes. Okay. All right. Woo. Okay. Uh, he taught himself to read by the time he was 26 months old. Kind of like we all did, yeah. really. I mean, come on. Now, he did that during the COVID lockdowns. Uh, according to his mother, quote, Well, he then moved on to numbers and was learning times tables. We got him a tablet the following Christmas for him to play games on. But instead, he taught himself to count up to 100 in Mandarin. <laughs> what? Who hasn't done yes, that? I must, right? I must submit. Right? I mean, snore. Little Terry Hobbs is four now, and he can already count to 100 in six different languages. I can count to 10 in two, and one of them is English. So, <laughs> I'm with you in that boat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Mensa, not for me, apparently. And they also have, well, do you want me to do one more, Mark, or move on? You can do one more. Okay. People online are talking about their biggest driving pet peeves. And, you know, we see these stories every now and then, but I like this one because they have a new term out, and it's nice hole. 
This is a person who thinks they're being nice, but is oh. actually driving dangerously. Yes. Do That's you know? my biggest okay, pet peeve. Okay, but can you? I, I have an I have an idea of what might be defined as this. But what would be an example? What's a real life example, example of that? Uh, one person said, "Nice people who stop in the middle of a roundabout to let other cars enter, or randomly stopping on a road to let someone in oncoming traffic turn left in front of them, or waving people through a four-way stop when it's your turn to go, and backing <gasps> everybody else up behind it. That Those is, people yeah. are nice holes. That's exactly I, my pet peeve. I think I'm guilty. The four-way stop, you mean? Or, or are something? you a nice hole, friend? All that. No, I'm guilty of like if a car's just getting ready to merge onto the highway from entering." Like rather than speeding up to get past them, I'll like slow put my down, down you know, to let them get in. Yeah. But then I always fear the guy behind me is gonna like ram me because there's no real reason to Have do you it. been rammed yet? No. <laughs> okay. No. I think you're Have okay. you driven behind me yet? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. You've been okay. rammed yet. Uh that, there's always a fine line there. Sometimes you can ease into that left hand lane. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Right. Uh, I have an example of this though from right down here on our building. What's this street right down here? This is um thirteenth street. What's the mm-hmm. one on the other side of Park Pacific? Do you know? Right I can't here. think of it off the so top funny. of my head. We worked here. How many years have we worked here? I don't know. Anyway, there is. It's right by the uh, the War Memorial, right? Yes. So, in you know, adjacent to the open air drug market park. I don't know what that's called either. But what happens is, is that there is running north south. There is a stop sign, right? Running east west, there is no stop sign. So when you pull, I don't know if you guys have had this happen, but it happens to me nearly every week. You pull up. You stop at the stop sign because there's a stop sign. The other people that are going, you they know, don't have a stop sign. They don't have a stop, sign. but they still stop yeah. because they think there's a stop sign. Because they don't sign. trust you. By the way, no, it's pine. I, it's I think pine. they don't trust pine. So yes. they assume that there's a stop sign yes. there. And I can't tell you yes. the amount of times this happens. And I'm sitting there waving at the nice holes because I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't have a stop. So stop stopping. And stop being a nice hole. Right. That's the answer there. Here are three other driving pet peeves. Uh, People holding everyone up by trying to make a left turn when it's borderline impossible. Like there's no center turn lane and you're trying to make a left on Manchester. Yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. bad. People who jump out from a side street or parking lot cutting you off and drive slower than you were going. And people pulling out right in front of you when there's a large gap of no traffic directly behind you. It's all part of the... Now, that, I don't believe, is nice whole behavior. That's the other behavior. And finally, in Sue's news, we have today's random fact. I love word stuff. The most used seven-letter word in English is between. The most used eight-letter word is children. And the most used nine-letter word is different. The most ten most used ten letter word in English, government. And there you have it. I know the most four letter word. <laughs> for sure. Very what? fond of that one. There you go. Wrapping up Sue's News for this Monday edition on St. Louis's home for conservative talk, 971 FM Talk. We had a case that came up last week about the earnings tax where the lawyer suing won and the city did not. Are there broader implications for that? We'll talk about it. Cusimano coming up. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Later this hour, pretty big weekend of sports. The Blues did not do very well. The Tigers did not do very well. The Chiefs did, though. Yeah? That's true. The Bengals did. Were you rooting for the Bengals or the Bills? No, I, I wanted last, the Bills. But last year you were rooting for the Bengals. Well, you? here's the deal. Uh-huh. I, I bet Michael a quarter on the Bills, so I wanted to. So big money, Mark. Big money. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Uh-huh. Uh, the Bills just couldn't get so it together. So now I'm rooting for Cincinnati. Hey, did you know the Bills had this player a couple weeks ago that went down during? What? Had you I didn't heard hear about, about that? that. Mm-mm. Barely heard about it yesterday, Mm-mm. hardly at all. Uh, we had a case that was interesting last Thursday. We talked about this on the roundtable a little bit. The um, the city was ordered to refund the earnings tax payments to six non-residents who worked from home during the pandemic in a ruling that could open the door to a costly rush, <laughs> costly rush of additional claim, costly rush. How about which will result? I'm going to rewrite this for uh, the Post Dispatch, which could result in people getting their damn money back. Is what I would say. I didn't work in the city for the whole damn year during COVID, and I paid that earnings tax, so I'd like a little bit of it back. David Stokes is here, the director of municipal property at the Show Me Institute. David, how are you? I'm great, Mark. Good to talk to you as always, my friend. All right. We've talked about this before. I am a fan of this particular case. So I guess let me ask this. What does it mean right now and what potentially could it mean? Because this only deals with six people. Mark Milton is the tax attorney here that got involved and he won at least for now. But this could this potentially go to class action as well? It could potentially be be enormous in the city of St. Louis. As as of right now, it's it's several thousand dollars total, so not a huge amount, but but the point is to prove that what the city did was wrong, to unilaterally, without any change in the law, change and suddenly start collecting the earnings tax on people who were working remotely, which is not allowed by the statute and which had never been done before. To just do that because now you've got a pandemic, that was wrong, and it's great to see the judge rule this way. And yes, now that six people have succeeded in court, it opens it up to thousands more who may be able to get get their refund, people like yourself. So what would happen under those circumstances? I remember at one point I talked to you, and I don't think it was, it wasn't Mark Milton. It was maybe even Beavis Shock talking about some of the same issues. And I think at that point we had to kind of sign on or at least opt in to the lawsuit. I can't remember some of the specifics about that. But what, what should people do, David, I guess is the well, question at this point. Well, I'm... I understand from the stories I've read that Mark Milton may attempt, likely will attempt, to get class action status restated, because previously a judge had rejected class action status for this case. That prior judge, who's not the judge who ruled late last week, he he had not shot down the merits of the case. He just said it didn't fit the, 
the qualifications for a class action case, which is important here because most people aren't these refunds aren't a lot of money for most people. It might be several hundred dollars, it might be, you know, one to two thousand dollars a year, but that's not the type of money that most people are going to file a lawsuit over. That's right. why it's well positioned for a class action case. So I hope that the uh, class action status is is instituted because people deserve their money back. What the city did was wrong and illegal. There's no authority in the statute under the law for them to do what they did. I wrote about this in in the Post-Dispatch last summer, and it's great to see this case succeed for these six people, and hopefully hopefully it'll succeed for more people going forward, and hopefully, most importantly at all, the of all, the city will stop doing what it did and go back to how it used to be, whereas if you are working remotely, you don't have to pay the earnings tax. If the city doesn't like it, they can get the state law changed, uh, but till then, they have to follow the law. And it's important to note that Kansas City, the other city with an earnings tax in Missouri, did not do what the city did. They knew mm. that it was improper, and they never went this route. They didn't, they I refunded didn't know money. that. Right. They refunded money to people who worked remotely. That's very interesting because now uh, Gregory FX Daily, you have to say FX when you talk about Greg Daly, the the treasurer. So his office said that um, people who were working from home uh, were still using software provided from their companies, which were based in the city. And then later, the attorneys argued that because the companies that benefited from their workers' services were still in the city, the tax still applied. But that's not what the statute says. Not at all. The, the statute is completely clear that it's for work performed within the city of St. Louis. And the judge's opinion, which people can link to in the stories online about the, about the decision, the judge is very clear. As the article says, the, it's clear and unambiguous in the terms of the ruling and the, as the articles reported it, clear and unambiguous that you have to do the work in the city. And that's what the city is allowed to collect an earnings tax on and a payroll tax, too, because remember, AT&T has a very large case for all the payroll taxes that they've been paying since the pandemic for remote workers as well. And that's actually a lot of money at stake for AT&T. And if this case for these six people, if this judge rules that way, it certainly bears bears well for AT&T and their much larger case on the payroll So tax. explain that a little bit more. Maybe have the same I, argument. Yeah, it might be lost on the payroll case. So explain that in a little bit more detail. Well, the payroll tax is the half of 1% tax that employers in the city pay on employees working in the city. It doesn't get nearly as much attention as the 1% earnings tax. But that's a lot of money for certain businesses because that's a half a percent on many, many employees. And that's why for AT&T, they determined it was worth it to file suit to reclaim it. And again, the arguments are the same. The, The statute authorizing... It has the same has the same language, although in this case the payroll tax is a city law, not a state law, which is a whole other point of debate. Yeah, David Stokes is here from the Show Me Institute. Wouldn't there be big implications just from the standpoint? Let's let's take away the pandemic year and the people that were working remotely, like myself that year. I did the show from my house for almost an entire year, part of twenty twenty, well, most of twenty twenty and part of twenty twenty one, but. This is a different downtown. We see. I work now here downtown. I leave every night. I don't see as many people as I used to. So there's a lot of people that are now, in fact, a lot of people in our building, salespeople, yeah. others who used to be here that are now working remotely. So wouldn't this also have implications for the future then? This 
issue has implications for cities that collect earnings taxes around the country, including St. Louis. Absolutely. It is a prime reason, as remote work is here to stay and people are traveling to downtown areas less and working at home part of the time, often a significant part of the time, that dependence on earnings tax, whether you're New York City, Philadelphia, or St. Louis, is not the right way to go in the future. The earnings tax has lots of bad reasons for it. There's lots of reasons the city should be phasing it out over time. This is just one new one and probably the biggest one of all. Absolutely. The city needs to move in a direction of – nobody's saying that the earnings tax should go away tomorrow. Right. But to phase it out over time and replace it with with a variety of things, such as perhaps higher property taxes, but most of all to stop giving away – incentives right and left to any business who asks for it. The, the city has made itself dependent on the earnings taxes by the way they give away property taxes and sales tax incentives to any company that asks for it. You're absolutely That's right about that. bad policy. Yeah. So, and David, you're, you're old. Significantly. Yeah, you and I are old enough to remember, and it wasn't too long ago, the slave administration actually being on board with phasing this thing out. And and you're, you're it's so important to point out because whenever this comes up, the, um, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling scenarios get thrown. Oh, it's emergency services. They act as if all this money is going to be gone in one year. Any of these plans that have been proposed phase this thing out over 10 years. Absolutely. So true. And the first thing the city needs to do is stop giving away property and sales tax incentives right away. And then as you phase out the earnings tax and make other changes that would be required, those incentives that you've given out, those tax-exempt properties will come on top over time will come back on the pay on the tax rolls. Look at what the city did at the corner of Lindell and Kings Highway, an, an empty lot there, right in the heart of the wonderful Central West End, where people, successful properties, successful developments right and left, and there's a new development going up there, and they've already heavily subsidized it, gave it huge incentives, which are completely unnecessary in the Central West End. They have to stop doing that, and then they can try to replace this revenue over time. David Stokes from the Show Me Institute, always appreciated. We'll see where this takes us. I loved the victory last week, and I wouldn't mind getting in on the action, if you know what I mean. Thank you, David. Keep us posted, okay? Great talking with you, Mark. Always enjoy it. Love to talk to you again about it. Monday afternoon, St. Louis is home for conservative talk. Frank Cusimano visits. We're going to do that coming up next. Let's talk a little sports here on this Monday afternoon with Frank Cusimano. Visits with us every Monday and Friday from KSTK. How are you, Frank? Happy Monday to you. Good to be with you, Mark. Hope everything's going well for you. Pretty well. The uh, The trip up to Columbia was fun just to see Mizzou Arena and the uh, the Pack Stadium on uh, Saturday afternoon. Things were looking good until about the two-minute mark of the first half, and then the Tigers just uh, <laughs> kind of lost it. And Kobe Brown didn't play, so there is some of that. If I'm looking for a positive outside of the place being packed, this uh, whole Isaiah Mosley thing is seemingly coming together. If you get Kobe back healthy and you have Mosley pumping in as many as he did Saturday, this team can still, you know— do some damage here at the end of the SEC season into the tournament. Absolutely. So, yeah, the silver lining is without Kobe taking shots, Mosley had to play, Mosley had to score, which he did, and that's all he's done in college basketball. I mean, I don't care what conference you're in. If you're averaging 20 points a game and shooting 90 from the line, 50 from the field, and 40 from three, you are a really skilled offensive player, and he showed it against Alabama. And I don't think Missouri fans should be too concerned. That's a Final Four team. Yeah, that 6'10 and that 6'9, that Brandon Miller is so good. So, look, they, do, they are going to have to win some games on the road. Their RPI sitting at about 
38-39 as we speak. They got to win at Ole Miss this week. They got to win at Mississippi State too. So, uh, how do we know anything about Kobe's injury and how how long he might be out, or is that still up in the air? Well, you know, he told reporters on Friday that he was good to go, but I think that Dennis Gates is looking out for the, you know, the betterment of the player and the player's health, and he just wanted to be a little bit cautious because, you know, you almost could make a case for. That game was pretty. It was going to be pretty tough to win, no matter if he played or right, not. And right. now you get him a little bit more healthy, you can win at more. I think that might have been a good decision for sure. And then we have another injury in Kansas City. Now they get to take on the uh, Bengals in the AFC Championship game, championship game at home, and not in Atlanta, which would have been the case with the neutral site nonsense if the Bills had won. But Mahomes hurt. He comes back into that game. Now I missed it, Frank, because I was at the Mizzou game. What do we know about Patrick? Well, he played the second half, and he's going to play in this game. And with all the great advancements in medical technology, he's going to be a little bit better Saturday than he was in the second half last Saturday. But it may not make a difference because Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. And what he did on those first two drives against Buffalo and what he has done to the Kansas City Chiefs, he's three for three against them. And as much as I like the Chiefs and as I think Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the world, let me tell you something. All you have to do is when you think of this game, you think of Joe Burrow versus Steve Spagnuolo. And you think about that long and hard before you think about betting the Chiefs. Because I like Joe Burrow in a matchup against Steve Spagnuolo's defense. Well, that'll be interesting. I think, is it just basically a one-point line at this point? The Chiefs fair is very, it almost is. a pick I think. Yeah. But Burrow's the difference. He's just, you know, before the game, let's face it, we thought it was, it was Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Burrow. Now it's Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. And who knows what we're going to be saying after Saturday. Well, you know, they made, I don't know if how much of the pregame you, you, you watched yesterday, but they, they made a big deal leading up to that game with the Bills about how dinged up the offensive line for the Bengals is and how they don't have three starters. That didn't seem to be an issue yesterday at all. They controlled that line of scrimmage. Oh, they, they ran for 170 yards, and Joe Mixon ran for over 100 yards. Man, they got some weapons on that team. And, Mark, this is going to sound strange, but a lot of times the teams that are really successful are the teams with quarterbacks on rookie contracts so they can afford so many pieces around them. Look in the final four. San Francisco, Purdy, rookie contract. Philadelphia, Hurts, rookie contract. Cincinnati, Burrow, rookie contract. Now, one day they're going to have to pay Joe about $50 million a year, and maybe they won't be as good around him. Frank, tomorrow the Hall of Fame class for baseball, the class of 2023, will be announced. We got a guy that's on, I think, his sixth ballot, third baseman Scott Rowland. Does he get in this time? I think he does. And there is as much drama surrounding this as like a Stephen King novel. He got 63% last year. You need 75 to get in. Uh, the latest polling had him at 79. You got to remember, if he doesn't get in this year, Adrian Beltre is on the ballot next year with his 500 home runs, and they don't like to put a lot of third basemen in there to begin. So this is Scott's best shot. And, Mark, you can talk about his 70 wins above replacement, his eight gold gloves, his seven all-star games. But with Roland, it's the eye test. We saw one of the greatest to ever play that position. He belongs. What's up with the third? The lack of third yeah, base representation? It is kind of crazy. It, it really is. I mean, Chipper Jones got in. And then Ron Santo got in. But I think only like six or seven have been voted in by the writers. I, 
I don't know why that's the case at all. I'm, well, now we're going to have two, right? We're going to get um, Scott Rowland in and Arnato eventually, too. So there you go. We'll make up for it here in the next few years, I think. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Kenny Boyer, 11 All-Star games with the Cardinals, and he's not in either. I guess Gary Sheffield is on this ballot. He's been on nine ballots. The tracker percentage, the New York Times broke this down. So they, they have Roland at 79, which is where you need. They have Sheffield in at 63%. So he's not in the uh, the Hall of Fame. Obviously a big name, but I don't know how the numbers match up. Yeah, and I don't think they consider Sheffield a third baseman, even though he played the position. No, no, he's, a, yeah, he's, right he's going as an outfielder, yeah. right. But I'm just, I was just curious yeah. just because he's a name that's, um, that kind of pops up at you and he's still not in. All right, anything else going on that you want to talk about? Uh, real quickly, uh, Billikens, you know, reports of Travis Ford's demise greatly exaggerated. They're 6-1 and one in the conference. It's their best start ever by Travis in the A-10. I think they got a chance for moving up in the RPI. They just got to stay hot. Uh, and the Blues did not stay hot on Saturday night, did they? No. Maybe the most disappointing game of the year that you lose at home to the last place team in your division. Your starting goaltender is yanked after seven shots, and you lose to a Blackhawks team that was starting a goaltender in his very first NHL game. You know, you can't have a 3-3 three and three homestand when you're in 11th place. But the good news is today at practice, Vladimir Tarasenko, Tori Krug, both on the ice. I think they're going to play tomorrow against Buffalo. So why did they they pulled Bennington after just seven shots? Yeah, it wasn't pretty. How many goals on those seven shots? Uh, I think it was four. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Well, that, that would sort of answer it right there. All right, Frank, we'll talk on Friday afternoon. Okay, Mark. All right, we'll see. Yeah, I missed that game. I was driving home from Columbia, and I saw the scores coming, and it didn't look good on no, Saturday night, unfortunately. Uh, that's Frank Cusimano from KSDK. We're going to take a break here, and at the top of the hour, Terry Jones will be back with us, the editor of Issues and Insights. And I think this is rather depressing. Um, there's a lot of things that come out that are depressing. Was a story, I think I referenced this last week, uh, Terry wrote about this in Issues and Insights, and the majority in a poll, in a new Issues and Insights poll, say that they think it was a— Issues and Insights TIPP poll of 1,300 Americans across the country taken online earlier this month. The majority of people think that the U.S. is evolving into a big government socialist state. 51 to 31 percent of Americans agree the U.S. is moving towards socialism. The remainder said that they were unsure. I mean, that's probably not an inaccurate number. Whether you want us to go towards socialism, you might still answer, is the U.S. heading towards socialism? In the affirmative, which I think is what people did. Also, in the next hour, uh, outside of an audio cut of the day, Caleb Brown's going to be here. Caleb is the the new state Senate president pro tem. And this was a topic that we talked about on the roundtable on Friday. They were supposed to have a diversity MLK celebration in Columbia last week. And they had a bunch of kids from middle school there that were about 11 and 12 years old. And it was a drag show that the parents were not told about. And there was no permission slips. So... This created a stir. The governor even weighed in on this uh, today. I saw a tweet. But Caleb Rowden, who was described on the show on Friday by even Democrats like Jane and I can't remember who was on on Friday. Who was the other Democrat? But they both agreed. That nice guy that sat over there that I hadn't (laughs) met before. uh, Oh, John Gaskin. Thank you. Yeah, And he was back on the panel. But they both agreed that Caleb Rowden, Senator Rowden, isn't really one of those guys that kind of goes off half-cocked. So Mm. he said, and this was the tweet from Friday, that a bunch of people were calling his office. They were concerned about it. 
He'll give us the very latest on that. Also, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other state business. So that's coming up at 525. And then I have an audio cut of the day. I have some good audio that I have not gotten to here this afternoon related to the shootings and the violence in Atlanta. Um, also, KJP on the defensive in the press room with Ducey and others today. So we'll get to that as well. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 